Hello guys and welcome back to the Suffolk Business Podcast. Um, we are here with Ben again, just because we <laughs> episode thought... Episode two. We, we got to the end of the episode and we thought actually we were having such a good time. We were having a good time. We were having such a good time. We were laughing, we were joking. Um, so we wanted to do part two um, of the podcast. So thank you very much, Ben, for agreeing and extending your time here with us today. Because I know you're a busy guy. Hey, why not? We all had half an hour. Let's uh, <laughs> exactly. make use of it. We did, 100%. <laughs> Um, ben, in episode one, you talked about um, your. I love how we talk about episode one when it was like a minute ago. <laughs> I like to just keep observing this stuff. Like Jack would kind of really go along with it, on, but I like to uh, earlier. Earlier, so I went, literal. Yeah, earlier I went. So we're in 2020 now, and Jake went. No, we're not. I went, Why did you just go along with it? They wouldn't know. Um, anyway, in 2017, you went bankrupt. Really bad time. What a way to nearly. start this podcast. Went, nearly, nearly, nearly went bankrupt. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Bad time for you, bad time mm. for the family. Tell us about how you got through it and how, what measures you put in place. You, you talked about it being like a year for you to really dig in mm. with things, dig in with business. Talk about that kind of, how that made you feel, the journey with it all. So business and personal wise, it was a pretty dark year. It was quite tough. Um, one of the key things that everyone asks is how did you keep going? In my eyes, you have to keep going. Like there's just there was no quit option. Like I'd been doing it already for nine years. So don't just pull the shutters down and go. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when I felt I was on the edge of so much good stuff, I just made some really bad decisions. Secondly, I had the habit of showing up every day, and I think as a business owner, when you form that habit, all you can do is literally get up, put the coffee pot on, look at your to do list, and just crack on. And that's all I kept doing. And it was harder and there were days I'd stay in bed for an hour and a half rather than because usually I sort of wake up have a little couple of thinks about my day and then I get up whereas I was staying in bed for like 60 minutes 90 minutes which was fairly unheard of for me because I didn't want to basically approach the day so they were probably the two things that kept me going Uh, third to that well my livelihood my mortgage also my team didn't want to let my team down they you know they have payroll they expect to get paid they're doing good work as well so I just had to kind of get stuck in um, what decisions led me there uh, I think when you're in a growing business it's very easy to react quickly when the pressure is on because you want a problem solved so as a young entrepreneur you kind of think right problem I've got an hour free I'm going to solve it and you, you just like get stuck in but as a business gets bigger you can't just jump in at problems because they take a uh, a good amount of strategic thought you've got to stand back and look at all the pros and the cons the risks so when you're scaling and you think about hiring people if you don't put enough thought into that hire and you get the wrong person it can be incredibly poisonous and that's what happened so um, I had a friend uh, it's a very close friend at uni and I kind of made the mistake of going out in London getting pissed and being like oh I'm having this problem with my business and I, you know he was like oh yeah I kind of do that at my job now and I manage this and I do this and I manage a budget of a million pounds and I was like oh that sounds good and then all of a sudden you're kind of like already in at this conversation because you've had it a bit drunk and then you're like oh well I know him and he's close to me and it feels kind of safe and it feels okay and you can leave your job quickly and you can come and work for me so that happened and I didn't do enough like cultural checks is is that person right um, and basically over time I too quickly then removed myself from my role 
So I believe that when you bring a staff on staff member on board, you have to micromanage them and help them and support them and create this uh, framework, and then you can become more hands-off. So you've got to appreciate that you might probably invest two to three times more time than mm. you think training that person than you actually originally envisaged. And I didn't do that. I was like, yeah, cool, he's there now. He's just taken all my problems off me and off I'm uh, going on the road and writing and doing the PR and brand thing. And then over time, you know, um, and, and it's fair to him to say that he started to put his stamp on the business, like things need fixing. So he started to fix them and that's fine. But without the framework and the cultural ethos there, it all started to be fixed and changed in the wrong way. And it wasn't until a member of staff rung me up on, uh, she rung me up on like January the 2nd and was like, I can't work for you anymore. And this woman had been there from the start, uh, Charlotte, she's incredible. She was like, I can't work for you anymore. And I was like, what do you mean you can't work for me anymore? She was like, I can't work with this person anymore. I, I'm not motivated to work. I just feel like I'm being belittled every day in the workplace. My work is valued. And I was like, Christ. And luckily, at the same time, my accountant rang me up and he was like, mate, you've got no money. I was like, what? Last time I checked, we had 80 grand cash in the bank. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. That's slowly been going down and down and down every month. And I was like, Wow. So like those two things, I just got hit between the eyes and had to react. And um, unfortunately, it had to go down a lot of like legal routes to kind of remove the person from the business and all that kind of stuff. Um, with decisions like that, I now take an awful lot of time. Like when you, so I now run a team of eight people. That next hire for me, the ninth person, is still a really integral person. They're still going to be doing like almost 10 to 20% of the business's overall work. So getting that person really right is really, really important. And the chances are that person's skill set is still going to be quite broad because you're a, a small business. It's not till you become a big business, you hire really specific people. Like your job is just to file these things, for yeah. example. Like that doesn't happen. Like I've still got people in my businesses that have like 12 job titles, bit of this, bit of that, bit of media, bit of partnerships, all that kind of stuff. Um, so now I take a lot of time. I stress test people. They go through like three interviews. I then ask them to work for free. Um, so I give them like a, a challenge. And I say, I want you to go away and, and do this thing and then come to my house and we're going to do that. And if someone's not willing to do that, I'm like, fine, you're out the door. Because if you want this job, you'll, you'll, do, yeah. you'll do some work for free like because you value the step that you're now about to make into my business um i want to see that you've got skin in the game so the latest guy that i've brought on board joe he now manages like all my media and all the rest of it um we had three interviews he then came to like a staff meeting so all my staff got to meet him because i wanted the cultural fit to be there we're still a small team and then i was like right i want you to go away and sort of do this thing and, and then we hired him and then I went through quite an intensive month of you know training him, onboarding, processes. Oh, that didn't work. Okay, let's try that. And now I'm kind of like hands-off. Mm. It's taken me like five mm. weeks to get hands-off and probably spending three to four hours with him kind of a day going back. But it's that time commitment at the beginning, isn't it? Yeah. For that long-term effect mm. so that they can feel like they have been given the trust and then they feel empowered to actually go and do the work that they know they can do best. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think what also happened in that period of time is uh, marketing changed quite a bit in that the social media algorithm started to favor organic marketing a lot less. And I, in my arrogance, kind of thought, I oh, will still win at organic marketing. Yeah. That's all I'd ever done. I've yeah. not spent a penny. Um, I just worked hard at blogging, videoing, Facebook, all that stuff. 
And then because I kind of had that arrogance, we didn't sort of keep up with our rate of sale. Like organic was trading off a bit and we should have started to invest in paid paid marketing a lot sooner. So we're projecting, projecting and falling and falling. And at the same time, that kind of disparity, yeah, that gap widens. And we didn't we didn't see it quick enough. Um, and because in my kind of arrogance, it's like, oh, it'll be fine. Like we'll put out another X, Y, and Z. Whereas the people in the finance department weren't kind of saying, no, you you need to have a look at this, the rate of sales really drop in, we're suffering and stuff. So, you know, these things, you know, and I blame myself entirely. Like I don't blame the other person at all. He wasn't the right cultural fit, but I hired him. He put my staff in a place where they felt belittled and not valued. I didn't do enough checks. Like I didn't enough re- do enough reviews with him. And that's one of my favorite ever books uh, is Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink and Leif Babin. To get any business owner in that mindset of you own every problem in your business, for me, is absolutely fundamental. Mm. So it will travel its way up the business culturally, systematically, operationally, because ultimately I'm in charge of everything. Yeah, and I think it's uh, coming back as well to what we said in the previous episode of how self-aware you are. You know, we, we understand that there are things in life, things in business, which, you know, will look like they're nothing to do with you. They're not your fault whatsoever. But what I always think is that there's always a way that you can take responsibility for it. There's always a way that you can actually become accountable for that thing going wrong. Um, And that doesn't matter whether you have to bring it all the way back to X date when you said this thing in that room because that person then heard, which then led to this. I think we can all afford to be a bit more accountable and we can all afford to actually live life as if all the things that go wrong are your fault. Because Mm -hmm. then I think as soon as you get that as soon as you attain that feeling of like I only have myself to answer to you feel so much happier because then you feel like actually yes it it is my fault and it's only down to me to fix this so what were the steps obviously you said now now you your onboarding process is a lot more thorough um one thing that I kind of latched onto was stress testing what what's that whole process what did I reference that in uh, when you said you were stress testing and you and you do um, free interviews and you get them to work for free initially, when yeah. I think of stress testing, I think of like putting a plug on the floor and then getting them to stand on it and then <laughs> see how they deal with yeah. it. So for me, it's about putting someone under pressure and seeing how they handle that pressure. So for example, I might give you a task and I'll say, right, I want that back within three days. Yeah. And they've got a full-time job, they play sport, they've got kids, and it's like, okay, how can they react in that moment? How can they creative? Creative? Can they be under that kind of pressure? How much do they want it as well? Um, you know, I did it to Joe, and Joe was like, well, I just got up early on Saturday morning, I just did it. And I'm like, boom, like, yeah, that's, that's, that's a massive tip yeah, yeah. in the chat. As soon as that person goes, oh, well, my last employer gave me two weeks, and but they gave no. me a day off work, and I'm like, you're entitled, you're gone, bye. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of there's yeah. a lovely story of um, Netflix co-founder Mark Randolph who um, had an interview before Netflix had an interview um, was overqualified for it thought it was just going to be a breeze walked in then got told he didn't get the job at the end but the difference with him is that two days later he phoned up the employer and said look why didn't I get a job can you tell me why I, I did this I did all of this right tell me why I didn't get this job mm. and the guy said well you got it now he's like what he's like because actually nobody who sat in that interview got the job, but I was waiting for a phone call of somebody who wasn't going to take no for an answer. Love so that. that's a cool little hack, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Like actually finding the right person can literally be that simple to see if somebody's actually driven enough to actually build their own destiny. So I yep. think it's really cool. 
and, it, and you can do it in lots of different ways for me it's just making people go a little bit further outside their comfort zone that they would usually do so I might say to an employee or, or a prospective employee I'm really busy um, I'm going to be in Cambridge actually on the 3rd can you come and meet me and it might be two hours from their house now is that person going to get a half day off work to go I'm going to go to Cambridge and meet Ben for an hour because I really want this job so sometimes it's 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 about you going out of your way to test that person by bringing themselves out of their way. Yeah. Um, and again, it's it's just a way to see if they think the way that you want them to think in your business. Mm. Um, and personality tests can be good as well as a functional thing. I've just done a personality mm. test with Joe. And then we had a chat about it. Like, how did you feel about the tests? Like, and now that's going to help me navigate where I flesh his role out into because he came on board initially for 20 hours a week. Then he's going to move up to full time. And I want to know where his personality is driven so I can give him the right kind of stuff because the other aspects of his role are a little bit moldable because he, he's in marketing largely. And we all know that marketing can kind of, you know, you can put your eggs in lots of different marketing mm, baskets mm. and can be very wide. So, yeah, do personality tests with... And also, that, I guess, that people. helps with your team as well. So if you know that there's a bit of a disagreement going on between two people with that knowledge of and that clarity of knowing actually that person's of that personality type, that person that obviously they're going to clash. Mm. So it's about accepting it and seeing how best you can actually navigate through that. And mm. I think having those processes in place as well, your team trusts you. And if you go through these processes with someone coming into the team, they're then going to trust that person because they know Ben's been through this, this process quite in depth. Mm. So Joe's going to mold right in, mm. which is exactly what's happened. Yeah, It's funny, it's almost like that big brother approach, isn't it? Of like, I, I once worked for somebody who got us all to do personality tests and like, who's an ENTP, who's this, who's this? And he knew everybody's. Mm. So he kind of knew actually that's why that's going on. That's why this is going on. I need to make sure I have a bit more um, kind of one-to-one chats with that person. I need to let that person roam and do what they want. So that knowledge I think is so important as a business owner, definitely. Mm. And I think that's how we run the business quite smoothly in terms of- Well, we have the benefit that we've known each other our whole lives, yeah. That's my point. Yeah. Do you both know your personality from the test? So we haven't actually done it. I, no, I, know, I know I'm an ENTP, so I know okay. I'm very creative out there. Um, and I just know what he's like. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, yeah, I, I struggle being micromanaged. I can't yeah. like, if somebody tells me, I think I mentioned it on one of the previous podcasts, um, not a client, if any clients are listening or any future clients are listening. <laughs> but when, for example, if Jack was to tell me that the font isn't great, I'll be like, well, it is great. <laughs> so it's a bit of a hurdle for me to overcome. But um, just, yeah, so it's, um, that is a kind of, something I've learned so much over the last year is actually nothing's gonna be perfect. I used to be such a perfectionist. I used to always just wanna make everything completely right. And for that reason, I was never posting anything out, mm. which then in turn was the worst thing to do. Um, so now, like, if there is a wrong font, if there isn't enough padding to the left or the right of, of a title, then I won't mind so much. Um, but it's just like, yeah, getting over that. Because nobody ever, it's all subjective. Everything we put out, this podcast we put out, there's going to be people that love it, people that hate it, people that think the audio is crap, people that think this T-shirt's rubbish. But as long as it's out there, that's the main thing, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, it's just putting your stamp on the world, isn't it? Yeah. yeah so... I think the personality test is also very good for the business owner because as the business grows, you then know how to navigate your journey because mm. otherwise, you know, you'll start reading all these business books about how to be a CEO or a business owner or whatever, and it wears a certain hat. But the reality is certain businesses at certain times force you to wear different hats. 
So in my business right now, I could potentially play sort of three different types of CEO in terms of what I'm responsible for in the business. But knowing my personality type, I know where I should be. I should be purely in strategic, creative and decisive decision making because I'm an ENTJ, I'm a commander. I'm a creative commander, so I need to be involved in all of that and feel like I've got control in that. So I don't need to get involved in any operations. Um, I can take or leave product development as long as I'm involved in it, I'm excited in it, then that's good. But the chances are I come up with a lot of the ideas because I'm you know, kind of creative. Um, so it's, it's good to know that, because otherwise you also won't stay passionate about your business because you won't be doing the things yeah. that you know, light your fire every day. Yeah. And I got to that point, I was doing stuff where I'm like, this I don't even me. get why yeah. I'm doing this. Like I've built a business up, we're turning over good cash, and I flipping hate it. Yeah, yeah. And it's because I was performing the wrong roles in my business. So I then had to go through the journey of reshaping the business so I could be living, you know, my passion every day. Um, and that's why most of us get in business. We want to be passionate about something. So as soon as you don't feel passionate, the chances are what you're doing in your business is not serving you anymore. It's defining the roles of you and each person in your team. Mm everyone needs to know what their role is. It's like, it's like a football team. Mm. Everyone needs to know what their role is and how they're going to impact on the result of the team. Mm. And if they don't, that's when things start to crumble. And it is about finding the people that you do need to spend a bit more time with. And it's, and, you know, the people that you, you actually, you need to they can't think of around. anything worse than yeah. you going up. It is, it, football is a great analogy because there are managers like Alex Ferguson, people who just knew what to do with certain mm. players. Mm. And... Um, yeah, so I think it's really interesting to kind of transcend that into business, 100%. So if anybody's out there, make sure you do a personality. T- if anybody's out there, it just makes me laugh. <laughs> Hopefully people yeah, are listening. people are listening to this. Um, but yeah, do a Myers-Briggs personality test because it is really, really interesting to find out actually who you are and why you react to certain things like you do because it's a series of questions that you have to be very honest with. I noticed that when I did mine a while ago, there are questions that have like, yeah, no, I, I would tell um, this weird questions like, would you, do you moan at people when you're driving? Like stuff like that. Mm. And I do sometimes, got to admit, but I don't do it all the time. So it's like strongly agree or like, mm-hmm. and I'm like, yeah, I strongly agree. If anybody cuts me up, uh, but actually I thought, actually I don't do it all the time. And you do the cutting up. Yeah, well, thanks. And I think it's good to, I don't know if you've, because re- you haven't done it much, but I've repeated it over the years. And yeah, it changes ever so yeah. slightly. And that's fine because life events change us. Like having kids is a perfect example. It will change how you see the world, how you feel about things. So make sure you keep, you know, reassessing. 100%. I'm going to do that today. Let's, uh, yeah? Yeah, I might do it later, actually. I've never done one before. It only takes like 10 minutes. I use 16personalities.com. Right, okay. Okay. It's just really user-friendly and it's really visual. And the page layouts are like really nice to kind of take the information in. Big fan. I will do that. Do that. Um, let's go off on a tangent just slightly there. You talked about um, kids and being a kid's changer. As I said in the last, towards the end of the last episode, about half an hour ago, <laughs> um, you are having a daughter. Mm. Amazing. Um, congratulations from Media Rose, first off. Um, but tell us, have you got plans in place? I mean, you talked about you're in a really good place with the business. You think you're in now a spot to go right we know what we're doing strategically you know what you're doing you know where the business wants to go you're starting to spend a little less time been a bit better with your time spreading it out over the week yeah is that purely because you know you've got a daughter on the way is that because you know your family's starting very soon it's a bit of both mm. uh, the business has naturally evolved there yeah. but already I'm thinking 
how can I run my business on two hours a day? Like yeah. if I, if so, for some reason something happens with you know child being young and there's problems, like can I do it on two hours a day? Can I do it when I'm feeling tired and I'm lethargic and all the rest of it? So I now map my role in my business in a hierarchy order. The first thing is kind of pretty non-negotiable, like the business needs me for that number one function and that strategy, vision and why. And the chances are I can probably do that on a couple of hours a week if you know I, mm. I'm, I'm good at communicating it and packaging it and delivering that to my team. And then after that, um, I can't remember the, what the second one is, the third one is marketing and sales and then there's basically eight points. So for me, it's kind of like every layer that I go down, I keep adding another extra benefit to the business. The business can run without me fantastically as long as I set the strategy, everyone knows what they're doing, and I inject a load of media into the business because I have a, a business where it relies a lot on my personal brand. So as long as I do a couple of things like this and do a couple of podcasts and that kind of stuff, then the team can use that content mm -hmm. and distribute it. Otherwise, my business runs. But if I can then spend time writing a blog, doing some other stuff, getting out and doing a partnership, and then adding layers of potential growth and sales and all yeah. the rest of it. So I'm already starting to think of my business of, can I run it in two hours a day? If I've got time to do more, that's beneficial. If I do less, then we're in trouble. But So it's kind of like that minimal, minimum effective dose I'm yeah. now trying to already work on. If you set it at two and you do three or four, great, fine. Yeah. But you're looking at two. Yeah. Interesting. I, I mean, I, I don't know it as much as what you guys know about birth and stuff. Because <laughs> obviously, <laughs> Jack, Jack, Jack's a father, and obviously, you're about to be. Well, I don't feel like I can, can really comment yours? on this. Well, no, I can't. But I, I can't really comment on it, to be fair. But I do know um, that it is very important to have that work life balance. And, you know, and the whole point of what we've mentioned in the previous podcast is that actually we work to give ourselves a better life um, and we work to actually being able to provide for our families and, and whatnot so I think having that plan in place is a really important plan to have um, there's uh, we see so many business owners that just burn themselves out mm, and 15, then they get 16 hours a day and then the problem is they get home and then they no time. would take it out on their family even though they're not meaning to so I think it's so important to have that correct headspace when you're mm. building a family because I mean, I'm getting married next year. Um, so yeah, enough about you having a child. I'm getting married, guys. Let's <laughs> <laughs> focus here, yeah? <laughs> um, but I always say to people, and I don't know whether she appreciates it as much, but I, I see her as a business because I've only ever really known about running businesses. <laughs> this sounds really wrong. You hope she's not watching. No, but I've, I've, I've mentioned this to her before as well. And actually, I want to give as much time as I do to her and, and our relationship than I do to any other business because I'm all I'm conditioned to work as hard as I can on something and I'll be behind my laptop and I'll wake up at stupid o'clock and then start working on a um, website or whatnot and what I've tried to teach myself over the last year is actually if you see the person you're with who you're spending the rest of your life with the reason why you're doing all of this stuff um, I think is really important to actually when it comes to those points in the evening like you mentioned before closing your laptop, putting down your phone and actually enjoying the moment of being with the person that you're doing the whole thing mm. for. Wow. For me, it's now, so what we're talking about is like a shift in identity and it's been really hard for me to do because I've been like you where I've been like, I've conditioned myself to do, to yeah. get a good outcome. Whereas now I'm like, do I have to do that now to get the same outcome? Yeah. Like mm. if I want to uh, earn X amount of money, do I have to earn, do I have to work 10 hours for that or could I work two hours for that? Okay, 
only want to work two hours because I'm now having a young family. So for the next six months, can I run my business and the same amount of money on two hours a day? Brilliant. So what I can then prove to myself is that my business can be optimized in a way that I can leverage my time massively. So when I'm now in the position to widen out my hours in the business again, so if I want to start working six, seven, eight, nine, ten hours a day again, my impact should be absolutely astronomical yeah, because I've, right, yeah. efficient, I've got so much efficiency already. So now I'm excited to raise myself to the challenge to say, can I do that with my business? Yeah. And if not, you know, what, what synergies or um, you know, what has to give? Because something might have to give initially till I get to maybe um, a certain uh, revenue target that I can maybe bring an extra member of staff mm. on board and you know, they can kind of pick up that slack. So I'm, I'm kind of relishing the challenge because business books talk about it all the time. Operational efficiency, yeah, systems, yeah, yeah. Like all of that kind of stuff. And it's like, well, can I do it? Because sometimes it's harder with a personal brand because you're the face. Yeah. So I've constantly got to be on the cover of things to kind of sell stuff. It's like, well, how do I leverage that? How can mm. other people use that? Mm. So I, think, I think that's a, that's a big point. And I think you just talked about actually looking at it as a, as a whole and seeing can I bring 10 hours down to two? Can, can it run if I get back at 5 p.m. and have dinner with my family? Mm. Like, we don't, we don't actually take a step back and look at what we could do differently to make things better. And mm. I think that's, uh, as business owners, we need to get much better at it. And, and sometimes it's okay to take a step back, which is scary for a lot of business owners. Yeah. So let's just say someone listening to this is earning 70 grand a year, but working 15 hours a day. Could you earn 50 grand a year and work six hours a day? Mm, and actually, happier. would you be happier because you've got time? Like, mm. Do you actually need that extra 20 grand? And it might be that you drop that salary and you gain enough clarity and you end up being able to systemize the business because you have got more clarity. Because sometimes people are so busy beavering away in the business that you don't see how it can be mm. optimized. Mm. Um, and I know so many people where they're like, do you know what? I've been through that phase in my life where I've worked my nuts off to build my business really big. And now I just want to be a, a lifestyle business owner. My yeah. business earns half a million pound a year. I've got a nice house. You know, my kids go to a good school. Sweet. Mm. All I want to do is maintain that. And that's okay as well because business often talks a lot about ambition and pushing and pushing and mm. always doing more. And it's like, again, why are you doing it? If you want to just be a lifestyle entrepreneur, well, what does your business, you know, have to look like for you to have that kind of lifestyle? Mm. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. Tim Ferriss talks about... Um, Who's you know who, you come you mentioned it? Who's richer, the 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 person that works fifteen hours a day on seventy grand a year, or the person that works five hours a day on sixty five grand a year? Mm. It's like yes, the, there's a change of money there, but actually, it's not all about money. It's about the time that you put into. So I think that's something to amazing bear in mind. And um, coming back to it as well, in terms of personal brand leveraging off not being able to be there and being the face all the time, you've got a cartoon, haven't you? Yes. Yeah. Good idea. We're, we're such fans. But, <laughs> I, I, and again, this is why The Simpsons has gone on for so long, is because yeah. they started in 1992, I think it was 91 wow. or something. Yeah. And I think they're, I think they're actually finishing soon. I'm not actually sure, but they wouldn't have been able to do that if it was a cast of humans, because humans get older. And mm. but the, the beautiful thing about a cartoon is that it can start to actually take over your your business and become the personal brand. So you, there will be times where you can't be there, I imagine, in, for a photo shoot or a picture, but your cartoon is always going to be there. <laughs> it can always be there. So that's one thing for 2020, I think a lot of business owners should maybe look into doing is coming up with a mascot or an avatar or a, 
cartoon, um, cartoon that Animation. they can actually use to eventually when they sell the business or anything like that, if you're a personal brand, um, then there is a cartoon there that can take over and take on the value of that business when you sell it eventually too. I like it. Yeah. Mm. Let's, let's end there. Celebrate the cartoons. Ben, thanks so much for part two. Thank you. Um, and uh, we'll tempt you for part three one day. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Thank pub. you, mate. Thanks for coming yeah. out, mate. Cheers, bud. See ya.